Come on, let's get a lot of hand praise. Come on, let's get a lot of hand praise. David said, I was glad when he said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It's a good day to give a lot of praise on today. Good morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We come to worship the God of our salvation on today. We bring you greetings from the St. Stephen Church of God in Christ. We're located at 189 South Burnett Road in the beautiful city of Virginia Beach, Virginia. Amen. We come to magnify the God of our salvation on today. Amen. We're looking for Benjamin Feast in the landslide from glory on today. We have a special speaker on today, Dr. Stephanie Wright. Will be minister the word to us on today, Amen. So join in with us, Amen. Tell your neighbor, tell your friend that Saint Stephen's is on the air. Worship with us on today, Amen. Good morning, everyone. I stand before you to introduce our speaker, Dr. Stephanie Johnson Wright. Committed her life to Christ on March 23, 1975, at Ford Memorial Church of God in Christ. Dr. Stephanie serves as the president of the George. Excuse me, Charles George Mission Inc., aka CGM, founded in 2004 by her husband, the Apostle Charles G. Wright. Beginning in 2005, she traveled with her husband on missions throughout the United States, including Alaska, internationally to the Philippines, Israel, Dominican Republic, Ecuador, France and South Africa. When pandemic hit, Dr. Stephanie assured CGM World Outreach continued by starting a podcast, CGM Presents in the World. The first podcast was June 20th, 2020. Since then, more than 180 episodes have been published and reached more than 60 countries and 1,000 cities worldwide. Dr. Stephanie has her doctorate of law degree in 1992 from Lewis and Clark School of Law in Portland, Oregon, and became the first African-American district attorney in the Northern District of Iowa in 1994. She retired with 25 years of government service in 2018. She was featured in the New York Times on March 18, 2023, a retired prosecutor's quest for recognition. She actively supports other local, national, and international ministries, including St. Stephen's Church of God in Christ here in Virginia Beach. She and her husband consider Brad, excuse me, Pastor Bruce Hughes and the St. Stephen Church of God in Christ as their covering in Virginia. Her favorite scripture is Revelation 19 and four. And the armies which were in heaven follow him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Her, voice, her favorite song is just about any song St. Stephen choir sings. <laughs> but she is partial to Emmanuel at Christmas time. Dr. Stephanie has been named, have, excuse me, has been married to Apostle Charles Wright since 1992. They have two daughters and five, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, since 1972. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, since 1972. They have two daughters and five grandchildren. She loves the Lord and she knows 
he loves her. And for this reason, without hesitation, she says, there is no other woman in the world that I'd rather be than me. Please ask everyone to stand to your feet and please let's join in and listen to Apostle Dr. Stephanie Johnson Wright. Amen. Good morning, everyone. So glad to be here. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, thank you for this honor to present you and your word to your people. Word my mouth, give the people an ear to hear and a heart to receive your word. Encourage those who are downtrodden, strengthen the weak, embolden the spiritual warriors to fight the good fight. Deliver today from sin, sickness, and death. Holy Spirit, move in this place over the social media airways and move on me and in me in Jesus name amen and you may have your seats I may have you stand when we read uh, the scripture that I the Lord has selected again good morning and I give honor to God the Father Son and the Holy Spirit I honor Pastor Hughes and First Lady Vicki Hughes and thank you pastor hughes for this honor of speaking to god's people and i'm going to stay here it's not in my notes but i have to say i have been blessed to be um to have many good pastors but i want you to know i have never seen a pastor who so willingly gives his pulpit to so many never never I have to say that some people are so intimidated, you know, but you got a pastor. You have an amazing pastor. Okay, just, just stand up. Just stand up and give him the praise. Give God the praise. And, and an amazing first lady. Amen. I honor the elders, the deacons, the ministers, our church mother, and all the mothers, missionaries, aspiring missionaries, and to this amazing choir and all the choirs that sing. Amen. Sister Cornet, I want you to know I have a sister who loves this choir. Praise God. And to the musicians. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. You see how we were praising God up in here this morning? I've already been blessed because my, I asked the Lord, I said, I want deliverance today. I want deliverance. Um, I also recognize our international overseer, Apostle Timothy Treadwell, who visited us back in August, I believe, in Chicago, from Chicago. And of course, my husband, Apostle Charles Wright. Thank you, Apostle Charles, for your fasting and prayer this week and your long suffering as I prepare for this message. And thank you, Lady Hughes, for the gracious introduction. Let's start with our anchor scripture. If you want to stand, you can. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. James chapter 4, verse 8, part A. The message the Lord gave me for you is step into his presence. Say it with me. Step into his presence. Supporting scriptures are Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. In your presence is fullness of joy. 
and Philippians chapter 3 verse 10 part A that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings amen you may be seated we are going to talk about how to step into God's presence I will share some of my experiences and how God built me up to be a servant we will look at Bible accounts of people who stepped into his presence with their suffering I'm going to talk about why we suffer and we'll end with Jesus final invitation to step into his presence there is no formula for stepping into his presence you just step into his presence with a sincere heart for whatever you are seeking from God is it salvation healing peace understanding are you coming to him on behalf of a loved one whatever it is Jesus is waiting for you to step into his presence and receive it believing trusting and knowing he will hear you this morning I woke up and God said give them this little example very simple I lost my key to my car I couldn't find it now you know those electronic keys $200 right and I was frustrated a little angry at myself I went out to the car looking for the key I mean it shouldn't have been in the car right but I went out looking for the car the key and I just I just stood st stopped in the car and prayed I said okay Lord you know I stepped into his presence I said Lord you know I don't really have time for this but if you think I have time to go looking for this key and trying to figure out where I left it then that's fine I basically submit to your will and then 20 minutes later 10 minutes later I found the key that's stepping into his presence in peace okay that's a simple example before I get started let me say the message is something I have lived I am 72 years old and on March 23rd 1975 I committed my life to the Lord that's 49 years ago I have been through a few storms in my life, but God has been there to protect me from evil influences all my life. And I didn't even know some of the things he was protecting me from. Now, we don't have time for me to go through every situation, so I'm just going to touch on a few. When I was born, I was very sick and the hospital could not cure me, so they sent me home to die. But apparently God had another purpose for my life. I grew up without a father. In fact, my father was an ex-convict, and I became a federal prosecutor. But he was an ex-convict, but I respected and I still loved him. I got a lot of smarts from my father, as did my brother and my sister, because I learned that my father could pick up a book, and if he studied, if he was studying for a test, he could study, and he would pass that test, and I got that from him. I, I can pick up a book, I can study it, and just about anything, give me time, I'm going to learn it. So I got that from my father. I went to boarding school in Minnesota when I was 13 years old, about 1,000 miles from St. Louis. I got a great education, and I, met some, I have some great friends to this day, but I was 13 when I left home. I met Apostle Charles my third year of college. Now, I will share this story in a little more detail we were married my third year of college after knowing each other only three weeks we eloped and by 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 the way we were married in a mortuary because the pastor who married us was not at his church and said we would have to come to the mortuary because um, 
he he was not at his church. And so, but it has worked out. But let me explain very quickly. He asked me to marry him the first night we met. So we, you know, I said you're crazy, but anyway, I ended up, you see, obviously I'm the one that was crazy. Anyway, um, and then we, we started thinking about it. We said, nah, this is crazy. We shouldn't be doing this. Well, we were in summer school, and he was my ride home. So I went to my class, and he was in the library. And when we had decided we would call it off, when I walked away, I felt an emptiness I never felt. And when I was done with my class, I went back, and he, and he said he felt the same thing. And I said, let's go ahead and do it. So clearly it was God. I don't recommend everybody do that. When I met Apostle Charles, I knew nothing about holiness. But one day, I went to a storefront church in St. Louis, Missouri, San Francisco Temple, Church of God in Christ, and the seed of salvation was planted. And two years later, I was sitting on my kitchen floor, and I said, I need to be saved. I am on my way to hell. Okay? It takes the Holy Ghost to convince you of that. I received Jesus right there, but then I went forward formally. On March 23rd, you have to make an open profession. That's one reason I don't put people in hell because, you know, you don't know when people really, you know, what, whether they accepted Christ earlier that week or whatever. So I just don't do that. But I don't recommend that people wait till it's too late. Okay? Don't wait. So now I'm saved. My husband, who knew holiness but was a backslider, someone who went out into the world after they were saved, I want you to know I went through with this man. I prayed for him until I had black marks on my knees. One time he came home from second shift, and it was about midnight, and I had fallen asleep on my knees praying for him. Pray for your unsaved spouses, husband or wife. Don't give up on them. Eventually he came around. I was frustrated many times, not patient. I was angry, but finally when I threw my hands up and really turned him over to God, it's as if God said, thank you, Stephanie, now I can do something with him. So Apostle Charles came around, and here he is now. God sent me to the state of Iowa to learn how to live holy, learn how to go through trials, learn how to fast, pray, and study his word. I learned spiritual warfare in Iowa. See, he had to get me out of St. Louis, okay? I didn't need to be in St. Louis around family, around my family, okay? But he sent me there to Iowa to those church mothers who held prayer every day at noon, okay? They prayed for me. And yes, I was a holy roller. God had to knock that pride out of me by putting me in the floor, okay? He rolled me. So you know I know what I'm talking about. When I say he rolled you, okay. I know about miracle healing because God healed me from a serious back condition without surgery. And I've seen other miracles in my life too. I learned to be a teacher of God's word. And right here, I want to give kudos to the Sunday school teachers. The best education, give them a, go on and give them a clap. Give, give the Sunday school teacher. The best education I got for learning and teaching the Bible was from teaching Sunday school. Children make you study God's word because they are not going to let you get away with surface answers. Okay? 
You are a beneficiary today of my, of my almost 49 years of walking with the Lord, albeit not perfect. I fell a few times along the way. Nevertheless, he picked me up and he brushed me off and he said, press on. Let me say here, I do have the evidence of speaking in tongues and interpretation. Long story short, we were looking for a home and the Holy Spirit fell on me in my bedroom. I began speaking in tongues. God gave the interpretation that in 90 days we would have our home. That was April 1977, our first home. And in 90 days, without trying to manipulate anything, we moved into our first home on July 1st, 1977. And the story is much more detailed and dramatic than that, but we must move on. It was not until last year that I understood why I have suffered as a child, a wife, a mother, a daughter, on my job, throughout this walk with Jesus. But it became clearer last year. You know the scripture that says we look through a glass darkly, 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. That scripture was clearer to me because God brought things into focus. He said, all the things that you have been through, Stephanie, all the tears you have cried in every situation, I was there. I was with you and gave you rest in the trials, Exodus 33 and 14. In my presence, you gained strength. First Chronicles 16 and 27. In my presence, you learned about joy in the midst of trials. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. You suffered because you are my servant. And that is what the Lord is saying to us today in 2024. Some of us are going to go through some tough times. Some of us carried over hurt from 2023, but God, the father, his son, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost who is here indwelling you is telling you when the test, trials, pain, suffering come, Jesus is saying in 2024 to step into his presence with a sincere heart to receive his instruction. Not somebody else's instruction, but your instruction. It's personal when you step into his presence and receive what he has for you when you are going through for yourself and others. Amen. Praise God. Pages, pages. Here we go. Let's look at some of the true accounts because, and I say true because the word of God is true of Jesus and people who stepped into his presence. The woman with the issue of blood, all three gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke say she touched the hem of his garment. They don't specifically say she crawled, but what matters is she stepped into his presence and she was healed. She touched the fringes of his prayer shawl, also called a talit, T-A-L-L-I-T. The fringes, those things that hang on the end of the prayer shawl, are called zitzit. The first T is silent, T-Z-I-T-Z-I-T. She knew what the scripture said in Malachi chapter 4 verse 2. But to you that fear my name shall the son of righteousness arise with healing in his wings. She knew her scriptures, not the gospels, because the gospels had not been written yet, but the scriptures were written on scrolls. She could step into his presence because she knew what the word of God said. What is God saying to you today? He heals today 
as he did then. He delivers today as he did then. He sets free from sin as he did then. So step into his presence. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Then there's the Syrophoenician woman. She was Greek, not Jewish. She was a Gentile, a non-Jew. Nevertheless, she heard that Jesus was in town. And she followed him and fell at his feet, begging for her daughter's deliverance from an unclean spirit. If you are unsaved, do you hear the Holy Spirit calling you to step into his presence to receive Jesus in your life today? The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. First Peter chapter three, verses eight through 10. This Greek woman was not among the chosen people of God. Yet Jesus smiled on her and her daughter was healed. Mark chapter seven, verse 25. Jesus tested this woman before he healed her daughter and let her know that she was not a Jew. So why should he heal her daughter? This woman was humble enough and smart enough to agree with Jesus. She said, even the dogs, that is the non-Jews, under the table eat the children's crumbs. When you step into his presence, he will not give you the crumbs. He will give you the whole roll. He will completely and thoroughly give you what you need. The last healing account I will share is the two blind men in Matthew 9, verses 27 through 31, who followed Jesus. Yes, they were blind, but they followed Jesus all the way to the house he was going to. And these two blind men stepped into his presence, believed he would heal them, and Jesus did. No doubt they had some help along the way. We're going to talk about help a little later. There are many other Bible accounts where people stepped into Jesus' presence and were made whole, or someone else stepped into Jesus' presence on their behalf. Let me insert here. God does not want people to suffer. He wants us whole. That's why Jesus died, shed his blood, rose from the dead in victory, and is seated at the right hand of God. And this is a good segue into what happens for us after Jesus left the earth and ascended into heaven. And the Holy Spirit was sent back to the earth. After his crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension into heaven, Jesus became our intercessor to God the Father. Romans 8, 34. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor in the earth. Romans 8, 26. And Hebrews 7.25 says about Jesus, he always lives to intercede for us. 1 John 2 and 1 says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. Jesus, our intercessor in heaven, the Holy Spirit, our intercessor in the earth. Why do I point out that Jesus is our intercessor seated at the right hand of God? Because those of us who have received Jesus as our Savior, as our Lord, those of us who are set apart for holy living, those of us who are baptized in the fire of the Holy Ghost that John the Baptist spoke of in Luke chapter 3, verse 16, those of us who are filled with the Holy Ghost, we don't have to crawl, we don't have to beg, we can step into his presence boldly 
according to chapter 4 of Hebrews verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Here is why we get to come boldly to the throne of God. Now we're going to talk about suffering. We get to go boldly before the throne because we have suffered for the cause of Christ. And our suffering has brought others into the kingdom. We suffer. Why do we suffer? We suffer because we signed up for it. Yes. When we raised our hands and said, I receive you into my life, Jesus, we signed up for spiritual warfare. We signed up to be a soldier in the army of the Lord. God doesn't take pleasure in our suffering. He is not sitting back in heaven taking bets with the angels on how we will do when we go through a test. Oh, yeah, she made it through that test. Ooh, yeah. No, he's not doing that. He allows suffering and pain and heartache because it makes us stronger to go through the next test and the next test and the next test. Then we can be a witness to the one who is lost. We are the ones who can tell them they can go through because we went through. But we encourage them to go through with Jesus. You're going to suffer anyway, so why not suffer with Jesus on your side? That's why we suffer. We suffer for the sake of others. You know, some people already have gotten that. Some people haven't got a clue. They still think it's about them. Why am I going through this? Okay, but today I'm here to let you know. That's why you, they used to say, it's not about me. It's not about me. And some, some of the people saying it's not about me. It really was just about them. But it isn't about us. It's about others. And, you know, I'm going to say right here that, um, I went through something for about three years. I'm still going through this storm. And I sat up and I was just, one time I cried so hard, I started speaking in tongues. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else has had that experience. I was so hurt. That was about three years ago. But I thank God last year, you know, it's not always that the Lord is going to let you know why you suffer. But last year, he let me know why I was going through what I was going through and still kind of going through it. Now, that's all I can share with you for right now. I'm just letting you know that sometimes he lets you know. You have to trust God. You have to believe that even though you are suffering, there is a reason for it. And sometimes he'll let you know, and sometimes he won't. You won't know till you get to heaven, and by that time, you won't care. But let me say, during your suffering, you should have peace. You should sleep fine. I am going through a storm. I've just described that, but I sleep fine at night. If you are not sleeping well, go back to the drawing board with the Holy Spirit. Most of the time, we don't have peace we, because we don't trust God or we have unforgiveness in our heart. Let me talk about unforgiveness. Forgiveness is not a feeling. It is an act. You speak forgiveness. I'm going to help a lot of y'all today who've been struggling with this. You may not feel it, but be obedient because God said to forgive. Otherwise, you can't be forgiven. Okay, that's gospel. So tell God, I speak forgiveness. 
I speak those things that be not as though they were. I don't feel it. Romans 4, 17. The feelings can come later if necessary. And to be clear, I am not saying you show up on somebody's doorstep and say, I forgive you. Because they will either not care or not even know they have done something for which they need forgiveness. Speak it to God and mean it. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross for our sins and our unrepentant hearts. He had to say, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. He sweat blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. He so did not want to go to the cross. He sweat blood. And by the way, that is a medical condition called hematohydrosis. You really can sweat blood. But he finally spoke the words, thy will be done. And that's what we have to do. Speak forgiveness. I, you know what? I can, I can feel it right now. And I can feel it even over the airways and in the house. Some people are saying, I'm not going to forgive. Yes, you will. Because you want to see Jesus. So forgiveness is not a feeling. It is an act of obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and then thinking it's going to affect the other person. You've heard that before, right? Forgive and be set free. The flip side is if someone asks forgiveness, forgive. And we should say, I'm sorry, when we have done something wrong. It's so hard to say, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Let's move on. I learned a lot about soldiers from living with Apostle Charles. I don't think one year has gone by in our 51 years of marriage that I have not heard about Vietnam and his experiences. <laughs> one thing that stays with me is the time he was interviewed, and he told the interviewer, about the time he was injured in combat with the enemy. There was an explosion. He went flying through the air, landed unconscious. They thought he was dead. And when he came to, he didn't think about himself and his injuries because he was injured. He started looking for his medic bag. He was a medic so that he could help his fellow soldiers. When he couldn't find his medic bag, he borrowed another medic's bag who was incapacitated. Apostle Charles crawled around because he couldn't stand and patched up 22 men. For this, he received the bronze star with the V device and a purple heart. And make that applause for all of our servicemen and women, past and present. Amen. But the interviewer asked Apostle Charles, how did you do that? Patch up those men and you were injured yourself. And Apostle Charles said in so many words, I was trained to do that. That's how they trained us. And it is no different in God's army. We are trained to go into battle through our suffering. We are trained to help others even though we are wounded. We are trained to step into his presence. Not only for ourselves, not only for our families, but for people we don't even know. I prayed for a young man once who was facing a jury trial in Iowa for a minor offense. But it could have, it could have affected his future. He was in college. And I knew from the charges that he should not have been found guilty. Most of the time, juries get it right. But every now and then, they don't. 
I had met his parents on a visit to Colorado. And knowing that I was attorney, the father and mother called me and asked me for help. Now, to this day, I do not know what this young man looks like. But I not only prayed for him, I took a day off from work, a vacation day. And you know how precious those are. And I fasted. Later that night, his father called the sweetest words I ever heard, not guilty. We are in the spiritual warfare. We step into his presence. We draw nigh to him, not only for ourselves and those we know, but for those we do not know. We get to go boldly to the throne of grace because we have accepted our assignment as servant, even unto death. Consequently, we do not get to choose our assignment. God assigns us and we are to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit. What would happen in the natural army or any military branch if you told a commanding officer you weren't going to follow the command? You'd be thrown in the brig or court-martialed, and depending on the effect that your insubordination resulted in, you could be shot. The suffering we go through is not joyous, but will give us peace in righteousness, Hebrews 12, verse 11, and will teach us to endure hardness as a good soldier, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6. We go through what we go through because we are not here for ourselves. Paul said, it is better to be with the Lord. But you must read the entire verse because he went on to say, nevertheless, for your sake, I'm here. Philippians chapter 1 verses 23 through 24. We are here for others. Finally, and I'm coming to my close, we will step into his presence one last time. And that is when we stand before the throne of God to receive our crown of life for faithful service. Revelation chapter 2 verse 10. We will reign with him because we have suffered with him. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 12 again. Revelation chapters 21 and 22, and if you have not studied the book of Revelation, you need to study it. It is a powerful book. It is a book of the love of Jesus Christ and his patience for the world. Revelation 21 and 22 describe heaven, eternity with Jesus. No more suffering, no more tears, because we know he wipes all tears away. Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before him, Jesus endured the cross. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, we are reminded that eye has not seen nor ear heard, nor felt in our hearts the things that God has prepared for those of us who have suffered and who have loved him and have stepped into his presence we are going to drink from the river of the water of life we will live where there are streets of gold and the bowls that are in heaven 
are where our prayers are stored. Revelation chapter 5, verse 8. So if we don't see our prayers answered before we die, it's in the bowl in heaven. Those we have prayed for in the earth may outlive us, but they will never outlive our prayers. So today, step into his presence with a sincere heart for what you need. Remember this throughout 2024, to step into his presence when you are going through difficult times, when you want to question why you're going through. You will remember that it is not for you. It's for others. It's because you are a soldier. We don't have a choice like natural soldiers do to re-up for another two years. No, this is for the rest of our earthly lives. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about the kingdom of God and being obedient to God for what he has called you to do. Step into his presence. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. There is a reward awaiting you. Such joy that you cannot even imagine. Thank you and God bless you. And remember, step into his presence. The altar is open. Amen. It's, you can step right now into his presence. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, I strongly recommend that you take a step into the aisle and take a step into his presence. I strongly encourage you that are listening over social media, over the airwaves, that you take time to step into his presence. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. What a word. The speaker just told us that we need to step into his presence. How many of y'all can step in his presence? There's joy in his presence. There's peace in his presence. We're going to step right onto his presence. Hallelujah. Thank God. Glory to the Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. 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 Yeah, Lord. Hallelujah. We're stepping into his presence. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. I tell you, we got to just step. Just remember that throughout the week. I'm going to remember that throughout the week. I just got to step into his presence. When the kids start acting crazy, I'm going to step into his presence. When the people on my job act like they lost their last mind, I'm going to step right into his presence. Oh, God, when my bank account don't look right, I'm going to step into his presence. Glory! Hallelujah! Thank God! Thank God! Hallelujah! Step into his presence. Yeah! How many of us step into his presence right now? Hallelujah! Thank God! Thank God! Thank God! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! I'm going to turn the service over to the pastor. But remember, what a word. We're going to be stepping to his presence. In his presence, there's joy, there's peace, there's salvation, there's deliverance. 
in the presence of the king. If you want to contact us or comment on this podcast, please visit our website at cgmissions.com forward slash podcast, where all episodes are available by category and series format. This is Apostle Charles. Until next time, God bless you.